Welcome back, folks, to the Mail Right Show. It's episode two hundred and forty-one. We've got I've got my co-host Robert with me, and also we've got a really Hi. great yes, Robert, and we really also got a great guest. As you know, listeners and viewers, my ability to butcher our guests' names is unlimited. And I'm going to allow my guest to actually introduce herself and also tell a little bit about herself before we go into the main part of the discussion to our guest. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Robert. My name is Amira Alvarez. I am the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman. We are a global coaching company. We help high achievers in all fields really make quantum leaps in their lives, whether that's an income breakthrough or going after other impact goals that they have, personal or professional goals. What does it take to actually go from a really good life, really good results to extraordinary results and extraordinary life and achieving that in a faster period of time than you ever thought possible. So I know that sounds like a bunch of hoopla, but it's quite extraordinary when you understand what it takes to make what seems like the impossible possible, um, and then you do it, it's phenomenal. And that's what I love to do. And Robert, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Certainly. I'm a 13-year veteran of the real estate industry. Uh, I have started a real estate uh, technology company called Inbound Real Estate Marketing, and you can learn more about me at inboundrem.com. I also haven't had nearly enough coffee, so I massacred my own intro. Yeah, there we go. Over to you, John. Yes, and I'm the CEO of Melwright. Um, I've been involved in the real estate industry for about four years now. I'm a technologist, WordPress coding, all the techie stuff. And we got a platform that gets you more quality leads at better value than the competition. So if that's interesting, go over to mel-right.com and learn more and get a free demo. Um, so, Asmir, um, you know, that's a big statement, but I thought we would start the conversation. Obviously, we're going through very strange and difficult times through the virus and the unfortunate deaths that we're witnessing here and abroad. So the real estate um, industry has basically just grinded to halt to some extent um, and everybody's just waiting it out to see how things pan out and how deeply this crisis, how long it will continue. But... Um, how can you, have you got any tips and insights about how you deal with something that really you've got no control, but only your, the way that you think about it? And how do you stop it from totally demotivating yourself from the work that you should be doing now that will mean that when things do pick up, you will be the, one of the first to be hitting the road fully functioning than the rest? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really great question, Jonathan. So I think fundamentally, this is one of the things that people really need to learn in life in general, in terms of achieving what they want to achieve. And and um, and now is a perfect opportunity to put it into play. It's, it's such an extreme example or situation that people are facing with. So this is what I'm talking about. Most people let external circumstances determine how they think about 
what they're going to do or what's possible for them or what they can achieve or cannot achieve. They let people outside of them tell them this is going to work or this isn't going to work. So let's put it in terms of real estate. Someone has a a metric that they're going for. They want to sell a certain number of properties. They want to make a certain amount of money, something like that. And nothing's selling. That is an outside circumstance. Okay. That is something that is outside of them that then they start perpetuating. Oh, the market's not good. People aren't buying right now. Um, Nobody likes these kinds of houses. My clients aren't willing to price their properties uh, appropriately. And they start creating a story to explain that outside circumstance. Okay. And then it becomes this self-perpetuating concept because what we think about determines how we feel and what actions we will take in this world. So let's use the same example. No one's buying and think, okay, well, if how I think is going to change, how I feel is going to change the actions that I take, what could I, what could I think about this situation or life or my capacity or the real estate market or how things go that would change my feeling state and the actions that I would take. So nobody's buying. It could be switched to actually look over here. People are buying in this market and people are doing this over here and actually like searching out examples of where that's working. Who in your office is selling right now? There is always someone who is always selling. What are they thinking? What are they doing? How do I model them? And you start putting yourself in the place of like, well, this can happen. And then from the perspective of it can happen, you start getting ideas and motivated to act. Now, COVID-19, the current situation right now, it's real. We don't want to be like an ostrich with our head in the sand and start pretending. Yeah, that was was the um, reason I wanted to start the discussion. um, You have some people that are kind of Pollyannish. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, and it can be very annoyed. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm English, so I'm, I'm dire. Uh, um, so uh, I probably need more um, Americanization of my attitudes, really. So, what 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 is the middle ground between being uh, one of these Pollyannists or being a dour English person that always looks on the black side? So here's where I use some of the, the universal laws of success. And if you're unfamiliar with this, this will be a little bit of a, a bringing up to speed and education and have an open mind to it and, and, and just recognize that it's, it's a tool for understanding. So the law of relativity says everything just is, okay? Everything just is. Nothing is good or bad, big or small, um, right or wrong until we make it so, until we give it a story. And we give it a story by comparing it, making it relative to someone else or something else. So this market is terrible compared to what, okay? But it's better than what it could be, right? It's all relative, okay? Now, right now, this market feels really terrible because it's in comparison to something else. I happen to live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the market here has never been hotter, okay, which is crazy. I don't understand it, but supposedly that this is a classic thing for North Carolina. Um, 
That said, in your market, it's been worse and it's been better. What are you going to compare it to? And if you use perspective to address this, you will shift how you look at it. Okay. So if you use, if you keep saying, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. I don't, there's nobody buying. There's nobody buying. There's nobody buying. I'm making no money. I'm making no money. I'm making no money. Like you're going to go into a little bit of a downward spiral. But if you think, okay, well, this is a pause. This isn't as bad as it could be. I'm going to use this time to do, to put my foundations in place, to, to build my marketing channel. This is a great thing. This is not a horrible thing. This is a great thing because everyone's on pause. This gives me the edge to build my marketing right now or connect with past clients or really have deeper conversations with people. That's a perspective change. Does that make no, sense? I think- and also on the practical front, it, this really clearly shows that you should have at least three to six months money in reserve to allow you the oxygen to be able to plan and not be under such financial pressure that you basically can't motivate yourself. Fear Fear does one of two things for people. Fear either motivates them or paralyzes them. So for some people, when they get under a huge amount of stress, they go under the covers, curl up in the fetal position. And for other people, they are like, my back is up against the wall and what the effity F am I going to do right now? And they come out fighting. And the same person can have both of those reactions. I don't mean to make it so black and white, but like... Right now, if you're someone who doesn't have the three to six months and you're really struggling, right, and it's really a an, an issue, I'd love to give those people a tip. Can I, can I give yeah. them a strategy? Yeah. We're all about tips. Yeah. Please. So this is true whether you're in this, like, what do I do for the next three to six months? Or just in general, if you have debt that you're carrying and it's stressing you out and your brain keeps looping on, what am I going to do? What am I, you know, I'm underwater. What am I going to do? The first thing you need to do is come up with a plan. I know that seems very pat, but most people just ignore that, that concept. So if you have debt, you want to figure out how much you're going to pay to, to that debt, make a decision in your own mind, clearly communicate that to your creditors, and then don't think about it again. Put it on autopilot, okay? You, you're paying that off. You're paying yourself. And you're paying that off and you have a debt repayment plan. So then you don't have to worry about it. You've done your due diligence. Okay. You put the plan in place and now you shift your focus and you focus entirely on sales and making money revenue generation, because you don't have to keep pulling your energy to the fear, the doubt, the worry, the anxiousness. You've put a plan in place. So now with the three to six months, that you have in front of you or less, right? If you don't have the, 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 that, that time horizon, which is what we're talking about, you want to look at what your, your bills are and how much time horizon you do have. And then you want to start calling people and getting things situated. Call your landlord, call your, um, the people that you regularly pay money to and say, can we put this on hold for two months? You know, this, and, and they, if you go to every single credit card website, talk to your landlord, they're all having conversations like this. Okay. 
most people will understand this is not of your making. Yes, we'll put things on hold for two months. If you actually put that plan in place, stop worrying and then focus on what you can do, which may be making sales right now, or it may be building relationships, or it might be putting new marketing things in place. Then you're, you're using your energy productively. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Absolutely. So I think to recap what you're saying is in inactivity, inactivity around marketing or approaching creditors is the real problem. The real, well, yes, but the core problem is allowing fear to stop you. Okay. It's allowing the doubt. Doubt is the the, the first, it's like the gateway drug. It hooks you, okay? And then you go into worry and then you get into fear. And then when fear moves into your body, you get into anxiety, okay? And, and then you get paralyzed and you shut down. Sometimes paralysis looks like spinning out and trying to do tons of work, but not getting anywhere fast. And sometimes paralysis can look like actually, you know, curling up in the fetal position, okay? Yeah. Um, but the, the core issue is not knowing how to think about the situation and then not taking making good decisions and and as a result of that the the worry doubt and fear take over that's great have you got a question robert um well yes and no uh i i mean i have a i have a what i think is more like a statement which yeah, is go on. It seems like your influences are are like Napoleon Hill and neurolinguistic programming. I'm seeing a lot of stuff that that I would see if if I was like diving down those particular particular rabbit holes. I'm kind of curious, which makes me ask the following question, which leads into an actual question, which is: uh, uh, so, what was the motivation behind starting? the unstoppable woman what was your aha moment that made you strike out on your own and and do your own thing in this particular realm absolutely so there's a long story short and then there's the critical switch flipping moment as this, well this is, this is the critical because we're coming up for our break so, okay. so yeah. the critical flip switching moment was i had already started a, a coaching business i was doing fairly well I had pretty, I was, you know, a high achiever. I was doing well. I had a, a good solid business. I was making 138 a year. I'm very transparent about the, the income side of things, which was a solid six-figure income, no, not chump change, not complaining about it. But I was working my patootie off. Like I just was like 12, 14, 16 hour days. I couldn't get ahead. I was banging my head up against the wall. I was throwing spaghetti, like what's gonna stick? Like what's gonna work? What's gonna work? And I was like a little hamster on, on the wheel. I had a great attitude, I had a good life, but I had this aha moment of like, I cannot 10 times my work hours to 10 times my income. Like, it's impossible, okay? I'm already working crazy hours. This, this is not scalable. This is not sustainable. This is not scalable. So there's got to be a better way. And I looked out there and I saw there are people making a lot more money, okay? And seemingly doing it with a lot more ease than I'm doing it. And what is, you know, what are the big names doing? Okay. What do they do differently? And I went on a, a path, to a journey to, to study that. I hired someone to help me 
get over my own blocks. And in that year, I went from 138 to 700 K. So I five times my income. I didn't get five extra days a week more than anyone else. Right. I, it wasn't about having more time. It wasn't about my circumstances changing. It wasn't about becoming, um, you know, entering a different industry, any of that. And it blew, you know, Robert, it blew my mind. Like, how does that happen in one year? Okay. And then I had to really back engineer it and figure out what are all the things that I did. And my influences are Napoleon Hill and the, the universal laws and, and, and all of that. And I, and what I did differently than most people is I studied that in depth so that then I could teach it to other people and watch them have the same results. And, you know, I've continued to grow seven figure business, whatever it keeps going. The money is great. Love it. All that's great. But the impact seeing how other people can use this material and get out of feeling trapped and step into their true potential and, and, and have that personal freedom that in, in the personal freedom, quite frankly, yes, there's financial freedom. That's great. I am not negating that. Okay. That is something that most everyone wants. Okay. If they tell me they're not interested in having financial freedom, they're probably not a good client of mine. Okay. But that's not the only reason people are going for it. They want to feel secure in this world. They want to love their life. They don't want to feel trapped all the time and feeling small. They want to understand how to get what they want, not just, and not have it just be a random universe that like, what, what happened? Right. So the, the real thing is understanding the, the causes that put the effects in place that you want. And when you understand that and you actually live it, so it's not just esoteric knowledge or, oh yeah, I know that, but you actually live it, your life changes dramatically. Okay. You're never afraid again. You never have that doubt, fear, and worry. Oh, that's great. We're going to go for our break. We'll be back with this insightful discussion at the right moment I think we'll be back in a few moments folks do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood then you need MailRite it is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition we stand behind our work with a no question asked 30 day money back guarantee so don't delay get started today go to mail-right.com we're coming back. It's Jonathan, the dour Englishman. Uh, um, oh, I guess I was just coming back. I thought I put her off, actually. And Robert, who seems to be in witness protection because we can hardly see him. I know. But, I don't know what's going on with the light. I don't know. It's don't like, know like you wouldn't be in darkness. Uh, um, so, uh, am I... Um, as we were discussing before um, we went live on the show, both me and Robert have these marketing companies and they're both based on online marketing. And statistically, 70 to 75% of real estate agents are ladies. But both me and Robert, we would say about 30% of our clients are ladies. 
And I, we were going to put it, see if you could put some rationality or, or uh, perspective, your yeah. own perspective here. Do you think when it comes to selling and marketing yeah. yourself that women have a different um, style or a different perspective about how they do it and who they hire? Absolutely. So the answer is yes and no, because there is no one type of woman. Okay. We can't pigeonhole women in the same way we can't pigeonhole men, right? There's a spectrum of styles and energies and ways of being and, and what's important to people. But generally speaking, I think women are much more um, relational based and, and want to create a relationship before they go forward with someone or with a, a system, okay? And they need to, to have a higher no like, and trust factor. I think men tend to uh, also need that to some extent, you know, like it, it's not black and white here, but they, they, they tend to uh, just want the, the facts or the bottom line a little bit more. These are gross generalizations. Though, okay. Understand. Yeah. Um, but for instance, my, my business is called the unstoppable woman. The, 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 Majority of my clientele are women, and yet behind the scenes, I have a few men who like my message, and they reach out to me, or they're the partners um, of the women I work with. There are a lot of women entrepreneurs, small business owners, real estate agents who are in partnership, and so I end up working with the men and the women, and they 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 both need the mindset and the strategy stuff that I work on with them in the same way that they, they also need the marketing side, right? The tactical marketing pieces. And it's just a question of, I think if I were to, to dive into your business, you know, I would have to know more about how you yourself market and the languaging that you're using and the phrasing and the, the outcomes that you're um, giving people because it might be much more of a male-oriented language or a male-oriented outcome. Um, and it could be just a few little tweaks that might help um, match it to a female audience. But again, it's a gross generalization because there are a lot of really quick deciding, bottom lining women out there. You know, it's not just male. Mm. I'm going to ask you, um, hopefully you're going to find this an interesting question. If, uh, um, now, in British history, there, there's been some great female leaders. You know, Queen Elizabeth I is probably seen in Britain as one of the greatest queens and kings of England. You know, um, you had like Queen Bodicea, um, a legendary figure. You know, Margaret Thatcher, you know, who I, I had the pleasure of meeting once. Politically, I was on the opposition to her, but I did admire her leadership skills. Now, how, you know, obviously the type of people you you know you like working with is, I get the impression you like people that want success but want to become leaders. But it's really tricky for a woman, I feel, because um, I don't normally do this, but um, how can a woman be an effective leader without being seen as a bitch? Oh, great question. Okay. Um, you be yourself. And, and really, honestly, you be yourself. 
you don't have to show up more than yourself or less than yourself. So don't make yourself small. Okay. Don't, don't reduce your impact in this world, but also don't try and be someone you're not, which might be behaving in a way that you think is required for a situation. You're seeing that, but it's not how you would really do things. It's not who you you really are. I think true confidence, true leadership, true influence comes from owning yourself, self-ownership, okay? And not making yourself smaller or trying like that, that kind of bitchy thing. It, it, it can be, it can come from, not always, sometimes it's just other people, you're, you're triggering other people, but it can come from thinking that you need to show up in a different way than is your natural nature. Okay. And, and. Well, is, like, there, is there a difference between assertiveness and bitches, bitchiness? And is that, is so, that, you is know, that, is, I'm there because I, there is, there well, is, is the question, is the question I've just given you very sexist? Because if a man was very assertive, um, he wouldn't be classified as a bitch, would he? It's no. only if you're a woman that if you're extremely assertive that you would even give, be given that title, would you? Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't take offense about it because it's the reality of the situation, right? You're, 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 you're talking about an experience that women have and an experience, a, a conversation that's, that's out there. So, you know, let's not pretend that this doesn't exist and, you know, whitewash it or whatever, but also let's, let's look at the, the reason I was pausing is, um, you know, there, there was something I learned years ago, like, don't change the symbols, change what the symbols mean. You call me a bitch. Okay, I'll own that because I love myself. Okay, like I am not going to be made small by what you tell me I am or think about me. Okay, like you can put that label on me, but I'm going to make that label work for me. If you want to throw that label on me, you know, I don't actually care what you think. I care what I think about myself. I like myself. I love myself. And I'm confident in, in who I am in this world. So nothing you can say can touch me. Does this make sense? Yeah, it totally. Okay. okay. And so, but I do think that there is, um, you know, the, the equivalent is he's a dick or he's an asshole. Okay. And men get it too. And there are men that are dicks and assholes and there are women who are bitches, right? Like there's the whole gamut, okay? And sometimes when you're being, uh, you're stepping into your strength, I see this a lot of times with my clients, they're stepping into their strength and they're trying things out and they behave in a way that they're testing out and it doesn't come off well and they get some feedback and and they don't like being that person either. So then they have to course correct. And they're, they're that's, um, um, thank you for saying that because that's the reason why I asked you the question because I thought you were up for it. And secondly, um, I think you've just pushed it because I think there was some um, context for asking the question is that it's more diff. I think uh, it's just slightly more difficult for a woman, isn't it, to find her own... Um, I'm trying to find the right word here. Um, nat natural way of doing business 
um, and getting that success, isn't it? You know, here's the thing. I don't know how hard it is for a guy because I've never experienced that. Okay. I've heard many men be interviewed talking about being, you know, football players. Okay. The more, the most masculine of the masculine talking about, you know, having to put on a a tough exterior, but being really sensitive inside. And like, it's, you know, tough being a guy because you have to do this. Everyone has their own journey and path. So I don't actually like to make it like one way is better or worse, or that I have it harder than you. Here's the thing. You can make it as hard as you want or as easy as you want. And it was a hard life for me for many, many years. Okay. I struggled up here and in my life and I could choose to go down that path or I could choose to take a different path and make different choices. And I think whether you're a man or a woman, you have to choose. Our greatest power is our power of choice, okay? Mm -hmm. And you have to constantly choose who you want to be, who you're being in this world. And you can either be someone who has a chip on their shoulder and saying, the world's done this to me. It's so tough being a woman. It's so tough being a man, all this stuff. Or you can say, here's my situation. I rise to every challenge, right? That's who I am. Okay. And I know that sounds kind of like inspirational flip, 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 you know, but the truth is you have a choice about how you show up every single day. And you can either show up as a victim, the world's doing this to me, or you can show up as someone who takes personal responsibility and is a creative agent in their lives. I think that's great. Hopefully you're going to stay on for some bonus content. I'm going to be asking you, um, you know, you said it's a powerful thing that you state on your website that from one, you know, one year's salary, you made that salary in one month. I'm just going to ask you some t- insights about that particular personal journey. Um, so we're going to end the podcast part of the show. How's the best way for people to find out more about yourself and your thoughts and ideas? That's great. Thank you for asking that. So the best way to find out about what we do is go to the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And we have a ton of resources for people there on how to make an income breakthrough, how to create a mindset for success, lots of things there. So the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And then I'm everywhere on all the social media channels under uh, the unstoppable woman and Mira Alvarez. I've been a bit worried because Robert's been a bit quiet and normally that's a sign he's allowing myself to dig my own grave. So, uh, um, so Robert, how, how's the best way for people to, <laughs> for people to uh, get hold of you and learn more about your company and yourself, Robert? Uh, just go to inboundrem.com. <laughs> uh, Robert, folks, if you want to learn more about Mel Wright, go to mel-right.com and we've got all the podcasts on there. It, it's uh, education in his own right, this, listening and viewing that. We'll be back next week with either an internal discussion between me and Rob or another great guest. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye.